What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Band Chats on the Out of Bounds Network. If this is your first time listening to Coffee and Band Chats, thank you guys so much for clicking on this episode. This is going to be a great one. And if you're back for another one, uh, hopefully you've already left a review. You've already hit subscribe. And yeah, hopefully you've also hit that button to support this channel. Down in the description below, there's a support button. And it's, and it starts anywhere from 99 cents and it charges you once a month. And yeah, it, it really does go a long way. I know 99 cents doesn't seem like much, but if you do like these episodes, think about supporting it because we're also thinking about killing some of the sponsors down a little bit. But if you're also interested in sponsoring this podcast, all you have to do is shoot me a message at info at johncroomcycling.com. Obviously, it has to be something that deals kind of within this podcast that makes sense for us. We have turned down sponsors before in the past, just products that I don't want to use or don't want to promote or I don't like because... Yeah, it really doesn't make sense for me to promote those things. But anyways, let's dive into this week's episode, and that is with Ashton Lambie. Newly crowned world champion, first man to go under four minutes, and uh, yeah, he might be the only man to go under four minutes for quite some time. But we sit down, we chat, ask him what's going on for next year. He's an old teammate of mine, so we get to talk a little bit about cycling. We talk about pretty much just catch up as friends. It's going to be like listening into our phone calls. Um, we've had to delete like three or four podcasts at this point because the last podcast we did, we got too drunk and, um, yeah, let's just say we made an ass of ourselves. I don't, I don't really know how else to put that. Um, we, we, we definitely, we definitely made asses of ourselves. Um, but anyways, let's go ahead and dive into this week's sponsors of this episode and back for another week. That is spot Guys, if you haven't already, you got to check out Spot. Spot covers up to $20,000 per injury. It is an insurance company. Spot will cover your actual out-of-pocket costs instead of a fixed fee. In a world where many people are under or uninsured with sky-high deductibles, Spot fills that gap that has been sorely lacking in the outdoor space. And Spot is doing this really cool thing where they're actually partnering with certain races and certain programs and it's you essentially can add it on to your race and and be covered so if you already have health insurance and you get injured at a race you can get an extra 20 grand on top of that so that would cover that crazy out-of-pocket cost or deductible that you may have with your insurance spot will cover it so it's worth to go ahead and click that button and pay whatever like five to ten to fifteen bucks or whatever it's going to be just to extra protect yourself and uh back for another episode again this week is twisted spoke cbd guys this is the best CBD out in the market right now. And I've actually been testing their new dog CBD and my dogs are loving it. They have a dog tincture that you can kind of use to just trickle in their food. My dog has a torn ACL right now. And so we're trying to make sure we take care of him. And uh, yeah, he's loving it. It's helping him sleep a little bit better, uh, not cry in the middle of the night because he has a hurt knee or anything like that. So go check them out at twistedspokecbd.com. It's a bunch of cyclists here in Colorado Springs taking care of us. But uh, that all being said, guys, let's go ahead and dive into this week's episode with Ashton Lambie. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Van Chats on the Out of Bounds Network. I'm sitting here with Ashton Lambie, who I've had on twice. No, I've had on multiple times, but we've always fucked it up. Or no, we've um, twice. Yeah, we've done it twice. So yeah. Well, well, one time it came out, and that was with bike flights. That was a little bit more PG. The other yep. time was way like we had to toss it. Like we we re-listened to it, and we were just well, like Johnny and Dan too. Oh yeah, I forgot about that one. So you've been you've yeah. kind of popped in and on 
podcast a few times. Yeah. So, oh, we cool. hang out a lot. But now you're you're a world champion. So yeah, it's like the status yeah. is you know, totally lifted. And so yeah, like diving into that, how do you feel, man? Like how does it feel? Like how does it feel when you got back to the US? I mean, you know, it's kind of like you're on vacation when you when you want it, but I'm you're back in the US now. Back to yeah, normal life. What does it feel like? Um it feels good, man. Yeah, it's it's good. I'm still probably really jet lagged. Like I got in uh to the ranch at like 1 a.m. last night. Oh, savage. After like a 24 hour travel day from Brussels. Jesus. It's like I was a little blown out. But then like, you know, this morning I was, you know, we're kind of sorting through stuff and like tidying up the trailer and like I pull out you know, my Jersey and like the metal and the, the watch and everything. And I was like, Holy shit, man, this is like still here. This is real. Yeah. So before we even, before we even dive into you winning a Jersey, being some of the best cyclists in the world. And I, I know you are one of the best cyclists in the world, but let's, let's chat about the trailer thing. Like what was, mm. what's, what's your two, the two months leading into world championships what did that look like for you for a living situation and a training situation i feel like you know a yeah lot of people have some weird thoughts on what you did um that's fair i feel like that's how that is usually people have but, weird thoughts about most of the time no no i think what i'm saying is is i'm i'm thinking that people think that you spent time at a track people think that you slept in this luxurious bed and you were monitoring everything like where like what what was your lead in i mean i saw you chopping fucking wood um yeah like a couple weeks before you left yeah i mean there's always woodworking projects like i was doing uh so i redid the door before mexico but i was redoing there's like a you know there's a window on the front of the trailer and so yeah. there's like a fiberglass panel that goes over it so you know the window doesn't get broken when you're driving down the road um so i put a wood front on that so that was the the quick wood project. But yeah, I've been uh, living with Christina in Montana at her family's ranch in a trailer we bought and we're renovating. Yeah. And it's fucking sick and I love it. <laughs> and really nice being out here. Um, you know, like her, her dad comes and helps work on stuff too. And like her, her sister and her partner are out here. So it's like real, real like close family vibe. It's super fun. Um, you know, there's good gravel out here. Uh, and there's no track. Yeah. I haven't, I actually hadn't touched my track bike or a track since Mexico. Wow. That's insane. Like so, when I got in gate to do quals, that was the first time I'd done a gate start since Mexico. Jesus. So, yeah. So what, what did that, did any of that cross your mind? Like what was, I know I, Dude, we're bike racers, and you're you're going yeah. to a world championship. I know it was your intention to win, but I think if you would have came away, you know, second or third, just really if you rode a time that you wanted to ride, you would have totally just been just as stoked. I mean, yeah, you would have been kind of like, oh fuck, you know, I really want that yeah. jersey because I know that's something that you've always wanted. But what was your like? What was your expectation? Like, because dude, I mean, even me, like a lot of people thought Ghana was unbeatable reasonable yeah yeah um i mean one of the you know it's hard to have an expectation when it's a track you don't know like yeah. i'd heard from people that the the track in rubay was kind of slow and so i was like 
Uh, yeah, I mean, like a 405 would be good. Somewhere in that, you know, 403 to 405 ballpark would be good. Yeah. Um, and I knew I was, you know, I was a little tired. Like I was a little tired after Mexico. Like that was a ton of stuff to deal with to make that happen and bring that all together. And like, um, you know, it was a huge load off my back, but also kind of felt like it put a target on my back at world. So it was like, Oh, okay. Is this going to be a one-off thing that, you know, you had to create these magical conditions to do, or is it like, no, this is really an actual world record. Like you're the best in the world. So, So I mean, for me to, to go back it up was like, it was important. It was huge, but, uh, it also wasn't like, it didn't feel like it was pressure. You know, if I would have gone and finished 10th, you know, even talking to Christine about that, she was like, yeah, you could go and just finish 10th. And like, you're still the first person to go sub four. Like there's no pressure. Just go. Fun. That's a hundred percent true, man. That's, that's, yeah, that is true. And so like, did any part of you though, like, um, I guess more or less just feel like, you know, you know, it was almost like, what's the point? Like, you know, cause a lot of the monkey that was on your back was going four minutes. I mean, I remember you telling me before Hong Kong, like you were like, dude, I don't even fucking care if I lose the final round. Like I just want yeah. under four minutes. Yeah. Um, I see what you're saying. And I mean, I guess not, not really. And I don't necessarily know why, like, yeah. I felt like it was relevant and it was like, it was fun to go do that. Um, and like, I was, I was looking forward to the event and like an opportunity, you know, I felt like I was coming in with good fitness. I felt like I had learned some things in Mexico and like learned a little bit about the train I was doing and like made some tweaks and I was excited to see how that paid off. Yeah. And so I guess diving into it a little bit more, you know, cause you, you know, Tristan Manderfeld, you, you've obviously yeah. lift, lifted at his house and, and stuff leading into competitions when you didn't have access to certain things here in town. But, uh, we, we were chatting and he said he was going through the comment section of like the, you know, you going under four minutes and like people were saying like, Oh, is that altitude? It doesn't matter. Like, and this is before your world champion, right? do you read do you get those comments do you get those messages like do you get hate mail like you know how some people get you know hate mail like do you get any hate mail very rarely i was about to say because i feel like you're like one of the nicest dudes i know and so like it shocks me to see some of the hate on some of the articles yeah i wouldn't say it's like hate mail you know i don't think people are just outright like man this dude sucks eggs like i i think it's the one I always see and everyone thinks it's like an original joke is when people are like, Oh, I bet he'd go faster if he shaves his mustache off. It's just yeah. like, yeah, whatever, dude. I don't think that's <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's actually pretty funny. So did you, but did you also know that there's supposedly a tandem that went under four minutes in Tokyo? Yeah, there was. Yeah. Who was that? Cause I was told that too. Cause we all thought you were the first man to go under four minutes but like nobody made a comment about this tandem and i just kind of want to give him some love on the podcast but obviously it's kind of cool that you know that um yeah because it's a paralympic thing um yeah yeah. so i mean i think uh was it the brits don't know i know yeah but okay well you know there was a tandem that went under four minutes there was a tandem because that was a part of the hate like comments right so like 
the first solo man you know we were reading through all these and i was like these are hilarious like i wonder if ashton sits down and actually reads some of these because it's like it's like 50 year old dudes that think they have education like dan bigham yeah and don't, and don't ride you know what i mean right. and so that makes right. it even better and maybe some of them do you know like yeah there are other aerodynamicists besides dan no no for sure but i'm saying yeah. like you know you go and look at it and it's like you know a dude who you know doesn't ride a bike or is like you know it's just weird it's funny yeah. it's listening to yeah. it it's like and you know yeah. we can go down that that realm a whole nother time so anyways what was going because you had to ride what was it three or four rides before so jonathan milan rode before you so you knew kind yep. of that was going to set the standard kids good i mean european yeah. champion um and he really, rode a fast time I think he rode about the same, like a 405. Yeah, and he kind of rides like Ghana, I think. I think he like steadily picks it up, right? No, or no? The opposite. He's the opposite? Okay, yeah, he goes like, kind of fades. Okay, because when I was watching um, when I was watching Euros, I thought I saw him kind of generally trail it back, but that's the only time I've ever seen him ride. It could have uh, been. I didn't watch Euros. That's, he, he went out hot and faded a little, both rides in Roubaix. Yeah. And then, um, so when you saw him ride, um, like what you knew that that was probably the standard, right? But you still had six guys to go. So then when you saw Ghana go and qualify third, what, what went through your head? Like, how were you feeling? Uh, it was about like, I would imagine the same sort of just like general shock is like when you would throw a toaster into a bathtub or something. It's just like, fuck, fuck. Yeah. Like that's all I texted Chris. I was just like, Oh shit. Uh, like not only am I in the final, like there's this other guy, I'm two and a half seconds up on him. Like, that was the first point I was like, Oh my God, there's like a real chance I could pull this off or pull this on in this case. But like, yeah. I was like, Oh, Oh shit. Okay. Wow. Like it just wasn't something I really thought was going to happen or thought could happen. Until yeah. Like I'd have lost a lot of money. I'd have lost a lot of money. If I did me too. I was, yeah. I, I was like, like cheering for Ghana. Cause I was just excited to see him go sub four. I was like, this is going to be awesome. I got to watch yeah. this. How cool is this guy? And be? so did he go? I didn't look at the times. Did he go out hot or like what happened there? No, I don't know if like I I guess I didn't ask him about it specifically because we chatted after. Um, but yeah, it was like, you know, he started off pretty slow, which he typically does. And then, you know, he just kept ramping and ramping and ramping. Um, but then yeah, he you know, like on the screen, you can also watch and they show where the ranking is, right? When you yeah. they're doing the at the UCI events and it was just like, you know, 10th, 6th, 4th, 3rd, 2nd, 3rd, 3rd. And I was like, oh shit. Like he's just, that's it. You know? And it's like yeah. until the last two laps, cause you're like, I know this guy can ride like, you know, 13, 13 fives for like the last two laps. Like how, how much fast, how much time is he going to cut off? 
And it, yeah, it just wasn't enough. Like, I don't know if it was just, he just ramped it too late or just uh, started too slow. I don't know. Yeah. And so my question is, would you have felt different if Ghana qualified, let's say Ghana qualified the same time with Jonathan Milan. So he's in second. So you're still two seconds up. Yeah. How would you have felt, would you have felt different going into that final? Oh yeah. I would have felt like he was saving some in the tank and he was yeah. just going to absolutely full send on the final. Yeah. No, that's, that's interesting to think about because, you know, I was wondering if maybe he was saving some in the tank and it just went wrong. Yeah. It but could in the be. final, but in the final, it didn't look like that. So no, I would agree. Final. And it's also like, that's such a risky move, man. Like, you know, in yeah. the way the IP brackets work, like the qual is everything, you know, you yeah. can't, I, I think if you train to be able to back up a, a qualifying time, like if that's a thing you factor into your training, like it's such a waste of time. Like yeah. everyone fades, everyone loses a little bit. Like, you're going to be so much further ahead in the rankings if you qualify for the medal rounds than if you just go like, oh, well, I qualified fifth. And then I can back it up the same pace later. And it's like, well, that doesn't matter. You need to go fast once and then see what happens the next time. For sure. Yeah. And so you you come from this unconventional background of grass track racing. I mean, we even saw Jim Miller did a post like this guy called me five years ago and told me he was racing on the grass track and look at him now, you know, yeah. um, what would be your advice to somebody who wants to get into track cycling, but maybe might not be near a track like, and they want to do what you've done. I mean, yeah, I would say focus on the, uh, like focus on the things you can control, you know, um, get get to a track when you can i mean if you feel like that's your limiter if you feel like your power is your big limiter i don't think you necessarily need to be on a track yeah um obviously like yeah, yeah no i mean you've done it so yeah how much track how many more hours of track time have you had in your life than i have you know yeah no that's that's a good point I've, i mean i've yeah. had loads more of track time than probably you've had 100 percent which is kind of crazy to think about. Um, yeah. And, and so I guess going forward, you know, you're newly crowned world champion. What does this look like for Lambie, you know, next year? I mean, you know, I think, yeah, I, I think it was a big year for you this year and you really put a lot it of was. emphasis and like, so what's, what's next year looking like for Lambie? Um, next year I'm, I've really kind of outlined a big plan for gravel and adventure stuff. Um, We'll be going down to Arizona for the winter um, with the trailer uh, so we don't have to winterize it. Um, yeah, and then kind of hit out around there for a little bit. Um, otherwise, yeah, just kind of gravel exploring, you know, try to do a little bit, get get more on like the regular gravel, gravel calendar. Hopefully do, you know, actually like try to do a proper ride at unbound, you know, in the like 200 or 350 or what? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. It's always funny. The 350 talking to you. is the only distance I haven't had. Well, it's always funny talking to you about this. Like, you know, every year, I think we chat about this every year and we do. Uh, and I, you know, it, I, I always wonder like, when, when are you going to try to go for the 200 again? And I, because I would love to get you back on the podcast again, if you won the 200, because 
I would love to know if you got more publicity from winning the 200 or winning a world title. And I just think that would be really interesting because that is really interesting. I got third place in the hundred and I got more publicity from that than anything I've ever done. Really? Wow. Absolutely. I had sponsors and part, part of the sponsors that are part of this team came from that result. Oh yeah. Are you going to do the hundred? You're going to do the 200. Uh, I don't know. I mean, if I can get in, yeah, you know, like I have to, I have to play the lottery game. I think still. Oh yeah. Are you doing mid South? Yeah, I got, I got in with that. Um, but I got in, I mean, I got in through the fact that I didn't show up last year, you know? So like they gave me a code and everything. Yeah. 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 Same. I just registered for that today. Sick. I'm going to do that like pretty much once we get off this podcast. So Bobby, we are coming and we're camping and we're going to do it. Yeah. Yeah, It should be be sick. Yeah. So yeah. So 200, 350, any idea? I don't know. I'm kind of leaning towards the 350. One of the things uh, me and Chris have talked about is doing PBP, Paris, Brest, Paris. Okay. Um, It's this famous brevet uh, in Paris. You ride to Brest and then you ride back. Um, But it is in 2023. And so I think a lot of next year might be uh, like doing brevets and doing a whole series to be able to qualify for that event. Wow. So you have to qualify. So what's a brevet for people that don't know? It is an unsupported, like just solo long distance ride. So the way it works is that you, you have to do like a certain distance. So say like a 200 K is the shortest event and you have to do it in a given amount of time. And it's not a competition. Like it's just about completion. So I think a 200 K, you know, they might give you like 10 hours. Wow. And then basically you just have to, they, they come up with a route and there's all sorts of qualifications to have it as a route. So it's like, you know, not heavily trafficked, good stops. Um, you know, other people have to have ridden it before. So you don't get shit routes, which is really nice. Um, and then, yeah, basically they give you a little piece of paper because it's a really old school discipline for some reason. It's kind of fun. Yeah. They give you a piece of paper and they have like, you know, five different places, addresses. And it's like, okay, you go to the quick trip on this corner and you do it. Some of the wow. newer ones have GPX files, but uh, a lot of them just give you a, like you download a printed cue sheet and that's, that's how you follow it. That's awesome. So can we see you at the, like the likes of the Arkansas, what is it? The high country, you know, that they do. Hopefully. Every year? Yeah. So it's like a thousand yeah, miles. Be cause, that. Cause I'd be interested to see if you can beat Ted King's, uh, FKT on that thing. Me too, man. Yeah. So yeah, that'd be I, super fun to do like some 24 hour stuff. Yeah. Well that's, that's going to be like 96 hour stuff. You know, Maybe that too. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. I don't know how long it is. Yeah, it's a thousand miles, I think, and it's. Uh, I think he has the FKT at like four hours and six or four days and sixteen hours. So yeah, it's it's pretty stout. Um, it's fun, man. I I really love doing brevets. I did it in when I was in college. Oh man, yeah. See, and that's the thing. I I don't think a lot of people know like your riding background and. I'm uh, thirty. I've been riding for a bit. I know a lot of people think that you just like found a track bike and you're like, Oh, I race 
bikes. These are what bikes yeah. are. And they don't know the fact that you rode across Kansas in 24 hours or whatever the fuck it was and mm-hmm. had the, yeah. had, the, had the record on that. And so, but anyways, and so, yeah, so past that. And so gravel, um, doing that. Um, and so you're going to be doing it with the gravel knots, right? Same partners for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So we'll see you at the rift as well. I'm assuming with Lauf. Hopefully I would love, we'd both love to go back to Iceland. We had a blast yeah. there. Sweet, sweet. Anyone who hasn't been to Iceland, you should book a ticket right now. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> well, I think it's they, so cool. I think that race like sold out in like, you know, twenty Dude, hours. Dude, even if you didn't get into the race, just go to Iceland. It's amazing. <laughs> right on. Yeah. So I have one question for you though. Um, it's you know a lot of people think they're sponsors. A lot of people think, you know, they're coaches and whatever else. Um, if there's three people. That, and I know that there's more than three people that you can thank and like had a pivotal impact on this. Um, but to keep for time's sake, and just so you guys know, if your name doesn't get mentioned, you know, Ashton and you helped Ashton in some way get to you this did. title, like no, there's you a did lot it. more than there's three a, people. There's a lot more than three people, but I want, I want to give you the opportunity to name those three people, uh, give them some love and, and, and why, how did they impact? And, and I know, I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot a little bit with this one, but, yeah. uh, but I, w- I would love to know what, what you would have to say. And like, you know, like, who do you think, like, it wouldn't be possible without these individuals. Like if this individual did not exist, you would have never won a world title. Oof. For sure. Uh, obviously Christina, yeah. like, I feel like that's hands down, you know, she's the first person I call when I get off the track. Yeah. Uh, She's the one, you know, talking, talking me off the ledge in between finals and in between or in between quals and finals and like, you know, set me up, text me the whole time. Like, yeah, man, I lean on her a lot. And That's for it. her, you know, having been there before is huge. Um, yeah, she's like my number one supporter, man. It's, it's great. It's good to have cool. a good teammate. Like that. No, that's awesome. Um, Oh, I'm trying to, they, I feel like it's a, it's a, a three-way or four-way tie. Yeah. You know, that's fine. Uh, like Gary Sutton. Yeah. He's, he's a women's coach and sort of de facto men's coach, but you know, he's sat me down so many times uh, since Berlin last year. And he's like, look, you can beat Ghana. I know you can beat Ghana. And it's like, even on the days, you know, just, just to have someone of his caliber and his history and like, he's seen a lot of people ride bikes and yeah. do a lot of on bikes. And for him to say that, it's like, damn, maybe I can do this. Maybe I can. Yeah. I think I probably can. Um, the other one I would say, uh, the coaches I've worked with in the past, Ben Sharp and Chris Del Sega, yeah. like both of them, uh, you know, I'm, I'm coaching myself now, but I've worked with both of them for years and uh i mean i just learned so much from both of those guys and i think the fact like what makes them both such good coaches is that like i've i've learned from them so i worked with them and i've learned from them and can still like achieve this level of success you know from what i've learned from them not like oh they're just giving me this training and i'm just following it blindly like which, which I can do, 
but I don't learn anything, you know, and I'm not invested in the process. And so for them to be able to like teach me stuff and also like give me, you know, incredible programming that gets me to the level that I'm at um, and like explain to me why it works and like teach me how to be an even better athlete, you know, no, that's, that, awesome. that's huge. It's an, it's an incredible skill that those guys both have. No, that's awesome. And guys, if you, again, if you're listening to this podcast and you believe that you should have been one of the people that that was named, know that you probably were being thought about, but I only gave you three. were. And so, um, yeah, it, it wasn't, you weren't getting named today because I don't have time to listen to the 80,000 people that have helped Ash and there's a lot of sponsors. Yeah. Get to point B. And that's why I said no sponsors. Like, I don't want to hear about zip shram you know fucking lauf like we know that they they've supported you we see that shit and it's awesome yeah it's fucking awesome and especially with the 359 i can't wait until i uh, uh, there's a documentary being put together right or like can we even talk about that or was there videos with zip that i heard about no podcast i don't know i thought I, that's the whole reason why they went down i don't know maybe i heard a rumor it would have been cool be if they did one. i don't I, yeah. Well, there you go. Zip hire me as your marketing manager. And I, I would have put that together. So <laughs> it was just, yeah, uh, no, I think the only video we got was the, the live video that Christina took. Oh, wow. Yeah. And See, I thought, I thought, I thought they flew videographers out with you. To they only flew it. He just did photo. Oh yeah. See, yeah. That would have been dope if they did a video like, cause I think that's the coolest thing of Bigham's hour is the behind the scenes reel that they just released. Have you seen maybe that? Maybe the only person that, that doesn't like video. I would prefer photos all day. Well, photos are great, but like seeing the process and the artistic motion of what you go through to set up for an event like that, like I think mm. it's great. I think it's great that you went under four minutes, but I want to see the panic that you had the 24 hours in between it. That is Fair. what I want to watch. Like I wanted you on the podcast for that moment, but I know that I would never have gotten you for, to talk to you for those hours, you know, cause you were probably running around like a chicken with your head cut off. I know I was actually, uh, so, I mean, we got done, uh, you know, Christina was like, all right, I know you're not stoked about that. Like get your recovery, get out of here. Let's go and chill. Yeah. Uh, and then, dude, the rest of the evening was like, I mean, because that happened at three. And so then, you know, we basically had the rest of the evening. And so it was like, okay, a little bit is going to be coming up with the plan for tomorrow. What did, what didn't go well today? And what are we going to change about tomorrow? Um, and that was all like, that was Chris leading the whole time, man. You know, of like, okay, I don't think this went well. I don't think this went well. I think we can do this better. And if we do all these things, that's two seconds. And if it's not, you still executed those two, th those three things better. It was ride the black better, fix the gate because the gate was wonky and pace it better. Like go out on schedule the first 2K. I feel like the first two things or the first thing and the last thing you've heard multiple times. 100%. Yeah. Ride the black better and pace it better. I think Dan's told you to pace it better and you can't ride the black, right? Both of those things have gotten better though. Yeah. Yeah. Because well, enough people man. have told me enough times. Yeah. But then, then after that, uh, yeah, man, I just spaced out and played video games, like drink a beer. Just <laughs> hung, 
<laughs> so fucking I also bad. drank the night before uh, IP, IP? Before Worlds. Yeah. Did anybody look at you weird when you did that? No, I mean, I went out and got a uh, like a Donner sandwich and just like had a little beer with it. Yeah. Well, you do that every night. We've had this conversation. Like you're a beer at night. And yeah. we got we got some whiskey on the way to you. Um, some oh rye whiskey. Yeah. I forgot about. It. I'm so no, excited. It's it's on the way. I got to because I got to send gin to Meredith Miller. I got to send some more whiskey out to Guy Nelson in in Pennsylvania. So I'm doing like a three way order. So it's good stuff. But uh, but yeah, man. Yeah. So I don't want to keep you all night because you're about to cook some steaks. And and again, uh, I'm, so, I'm so thankful for you to come on. Um, dude, thanks but, for having me. It's up. But one last thing, you know, we, we do this all the time and you've answered this question several times, but if you could have a cup of coffee with one individual, who would that individual be? Why would you have coffee with that individual? And what would your coffee of choice be? Ooh. I'm should, Especially as a the, newly world champion. Like that's yeah, kind of interesting. Uh, can I give the same answer? I don't know that my answer would change from last time. I was on and then we ended up ditching the episode. Well, yeah, give that same answer, dude. They, it's not yeah, like the world heard it. I, I still haven't had a cup of coffee with and still would love to have a cup of coffee with Graham O'Brien. Graham O'Brien. And you've never met him, right? Like we had this conversation. No. No. Yeah. I think I even asked but you on the last podcast because I was kind of drunk. I asked you if he was still alive and I think he's alive. He is. I looked it up. <laughs> we were, I was a little drunk too. It's okay. That was hot. Yeah, yeah. So, so we still have time to clip this out and send it to him in an email because I think you would you would be down to have a cup of coffee with you. I hope so. I would just get like a like a regular coffee, you know. Yeah, just americano. Just sit down for well. Spice pumpkin spice season is over yeah. on thirty. Do you think it ends on the thirty first? Do you think it doesn't? Yes, I don't think it does. When do you think it ends? Christmas Thanksgiving. Day what no mm. that's too long i'm already honestly i love pumpkin spice i'm getting a little burned out on it. i've had plenty dude i've been you. on it for like a month man dude you just blew up the podcast like that man like you just because like that's like yeah, ted that's king the- coming on here that's like ted king coming on here and be like you know i love a good barn but uh i'm just tired i'm burnt out of it you like it's like Santa Claus coming on here and being like, I'm tired of, of giving toys to little good girls and boys and whoever has to do it one month a year. That's what I'm saying. You know, like I like to condense it and just absolutely binge on it. Just eat pumpkin spice, everything for a month, six weeks, maybe. And then I'm done. And then next year I'm ready for it again. So after the 31st, if people are still tagging you in pumpkin spice bullshit, you're not posting it. I mean, I probably will. It's still funny. And then uh, I will, if I don't repost it, I'll save it for next year and I'll try to track it down next year. So are you like a gingerbread latte kind of guy too, or no? Nah, once it, uh, once pumpkin spice is over, I just go back to coffee, coffee, just black coffee. Hmm. Well, pumpkin spice Watts are a thing and we now know that. And so pumpkin spice latte, unless you have a coffee with him in a week. So, um, or at a week later. So Perfect. anyways, man. Thanks again so much for jumping on the podcast. Guys, I'm going to put the link to his social media down in the description below. You're probably already following him, which is why you're listening to this podcast. But if not, hey, no worries. But other than that, we'll see you next time, guys. Yep.
and cheers. <laughs>